It's time for another summary video. We're going to look today at episodes 36 through 42, and we're going to try to kind of pull the most important things out of this so that we can just look at it in one lump sum. All right. Today, from episode 36, we're going to remember what we talked about on the tabernacle from Exodus 30, 25 through 27. Now, the thing that I think is most significant about this is that he tells Moses, God tells Moses in verse 9, exactly as I show you concerning the pattern of the tabernacle, you shall make all of its furnishings, you shall make it. He's going to repeat that at the end of the chapter in verse 40. So he gives him these two warnings and he says, make sure that you make the tabernacle exactly after the specifications that I give you, after the specifications that I show you. He's going to, uh, we're going to see here in a, in a little while, but he's going to fill with the Holy Spirit, the guy who's going to create the tabernacle and build it. He'll be the first guy who's filled with the Holy Spirit and it's to build this tabernacle. Why? Well, Hebrews 8.5, I think, gives us the answer to that. And it says that Moses was warned to build the tabernacle according to these exact specifications because it was a picture, a copy and a shadow of the things of heaven. And so the tabernacle is a picture of the things of God, the things of heaven. And one of the things that it says here in verse 8 of Exodus 25 is, let them make a sanctuary that I may dwell in their midst. And I just think that this is a really cool thing because it's this idea of God dwelling with man. In the book of Daniel, uh, we see that Nebuchadnezzar has a dream. He's asking Daniel to interpret for him. And, and, and one of the statements that's made is that God does not dwell with man. And yet, in John chapter 1, it says that Jesus became flesh and dwelt among us. In Revelation chapter 21, it says that God came down and made his dwelling with man when he brings the new Jerusalem to earth. God has always been seeking to make his home with us. And I just, th this tabernacle is a picture of that. And I just think that that's really incredibly beautiful. And so as you kind of go down through, it talks about the different components of the tabernacle. You have the golden lampstand, which is probably represented for us in Zechariah 4 and Revelation 4, Revelation 5, about the seven spirits of God. And then we have the altar, we have the veil, we have these kinds of things. We know that the veil, the tabernacle, it, it says this in, in chapter 26, verse 33, it says, you shall ha hang the veil from the clasp and bring the ark of the testimony within the veil and the veil shall separate, wow, the veil shall separate you from the holy place and from the most holy from God. So there was a veil that separated the, the people from the outer court, from the high priest who could go into the Holy of Holies and be in the presence of God once a year. But what did we see at the death of Christ? What did we see at the crucifixion? We saw that at the crucifixion, the veil was torn from top to bottom. And we see that in Hebrews 10 that we have now been invited into the presence of God. We can now come into the Holy of Holies. We can come into the presence of the Lord through the veil of Christ, through his body that was torn. And so there is a lot there. Uh, I'm not going to reteach that entire lesson. We got to get to episode 37, which has to be one of my absolute favorites. It is the episode that we talked about the high priestly garments. And there were several things of note there. There were the, the stones of remembrance that were on the shoulders of Aaron. So that as he went into the Holy of Holies, the people would be remembered before God. And then there was the breast piece of judgment that was over his heart to show that he had borne the sin or the guilt of the people. And these things, remember, all of this was set up for us to better understand Jesus. So Jesus bears remembrance of who we are before God, that we belong to God, that we are his by faith. He bears over his heart uh, our, our, our guilt. He, he dealt with our sin. He dealt with our, our judgment. And so we are no longer condemned. And then, oh my goodness, so look at this down here. This headband, this holy to the Lord is such a beautiful thing. 
because the priest had a turban on with a gold plate that said, holy to the Lord. And what does it say? It says, Aaron shall bear any of the guilt of the holy things that the people of Israel consecrate as their holy gifts shall be regularly on his forehead that they may be accepted before the Lord. What made the sacrifices acceptable, what made the people acceptable before God was Aaron the high priest standing on their behalf before the Lord, declaring them holy to the Lord. And oh my goodness, I, I got to tell you, I am in love with the fact that you and I are holy before the Lord, not because of any work that we have done, but because of the work that God has done through Jesus Christ. Christ, our high priest, has made us, has declared us holy, and that is amazing. And one of the things that's so cool about that is that like Romans 12 where it says, in view of God's mercies, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. Nowhere, nowhere are we called the priest like God is, like Christ is. Like there's a, you're a, a, a priesthood to me. You're a royal kingdom, a holy priesthood. But like, we're not the ones who are atoning for our own sin. We're not the sacrifice. Christ is the sacrifice. And so we are able now to, we are able now to offer ourselves to God as sacrifices that are holy and acceptable in his sight because Christ has made us holy and acceptable. Episode 38 was super, super important as we talked about the Sabbath and we talked about the implications of that. If you have not read the blog that's in conjunction with episode 38, I highly encourage it. It'll give you a little bit more detail and all the additional scriptures that you can read are there, all the different ones that kind of talk about how the New Testament implications of this. So the Sabbath was created by God, Exodus 31, 13, to show that he is the one who makes his people holy. And if you broke the Sabbath, you were convicted as a lawbreaker and you were supposed to be put to death. And yet the Sabbath has a fulfillment in Christ. And we see that in Hebrews chapters three and four, we see in the New Testament that the Sabbath was created was created for us to enter into the completed work of God, to rest from all of our own works. We, we see the invitation of Jesus to the Jews who are under the weary labor of the law in Matthew 11, 28 through 30, where he says, come to me, you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And, and so we have been invited into the rest of God. We have been invited into the completed work of him so that we can find rest. It is another picture of law and grace. And we saw in Hebrews chapter 4 that he mentions over and over again, the rest, the rest, the rest, the rest, the Sabbath rest. And you and I have been have been invited into the Sabbath rest of God. It's not about taking a day off. It's not about just getting uh, one day to kind of find yourself and just take a little nap or whatever. I mean, look, you want to take a day off, take a day off. That's beneficial. But But the reality is that the Sabbath rest that we've been invited to is a rest in Jesus Christ. Episode 39 was about the idolatry of the people. Uh, episode 39 dealt with the people building the, the golden calf and bowing down and worshiping it. This is where we see the Levites are going to be consecrated as the people of God. It says this uh, down here, it says that in verse 28 through 30 or 28 through 29, it says the sons of Levi did according to the word of Moses. And that day about 3,000 men of the people fell. Moses said, today you have been ordained to the service of the Lord, each one of you at the cost of a son and of his brother, so that he might bestow a blessing upon you this day. And so this is where the Levites are consecrated to do the ministry and the work of the Lord because of their boldness for God. But also don't forget that this is again, a picture of law and grace because in Acts 2, 41, what did we see? We saw in, in Exodus 32, that when the law came into the camp, 3000 died. And in Acts 241, we see that when the Spirit came into the camp, 3,000 were saved. And so what an incredible picture of God's grace and God's power and his love for us. 
And uh, how much better? How much better is the Holy Spirit than the law, right? The Spirit brings life. The law brings death. 2 Corinthians 3, 7 through 18. You know those are some of my favorite verses. Episode 40 talks about God's glory and Moses' shining face. So, Uh, Moses goes up and he meets with God again, and he comes back down from having met with God, having seen the hindquarters of God, having seen the hind parts of God. And when he comes back down, his face is glowing. His face is illuminated. And this kind of freaks the people out. And so the people are nervous about this. The people are anxious about this. Let me see if I can find the text here for you really quickly. Uh, Yeah, come down here to, where are we? Let me find this for you. Sorry about that chapter 34 of Exodus, and if you come down to verse 29, it says, When Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the testimony in his hand, he came down from the mountain. He did not know that the skin of his face was shining, and Aaron and all the people of Israel saw Moses, and behold, the skin of his face shone, and they were afraid to come near him. Surprise, surprise, this is going to bring us back to 2 Corinthians 3, 7 through 18 that I just referenced, and it talks about how the law had this had a glory that came with it. Moses went up on the mountain. He received the law. His face is illuminated by the glory of God uh, that came through the law. And he covers himself with a veil and the the glory diminishes. It's like a glow glow ring. I told you that story, I believe, but it's like a glow ring. You hold it up next to the light and eventually it, it doesn't have the glow anymore. And so Moses' face, the glowing was diminishing. In, in the same way, the glory of the law diminishes in light of the glory of Christ. So again, This is another picture of law and grace. Man, this past week, we saw a lot of examples of the law and of the grace. And and the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 3 that there is a veil that lies over the hearts of the people who still hold to the law rather than hold to Christ. There's a veil that lies over their hearts, and it's only removed through Jesus. And that the glory of Jesus is by far greater, far greater than the glory of the law, so much so that the glory of the law has no glory anymore because of the glory of Christ, which surpasses it. Episode 41 takes us to Exodus 40, where the tabernacle is set up. The people have now been in the wilderness for two weeks less than a year. Two weeks less than a year. And they've set up the tabernacle. It's the first day of the first month of the second year, and they're setting up the tabernacle. Uh, you you will see soon that this day is is repeated in the book of Leviticus and Numbers, but we'll get to that in a future um, in a future episode. And so the people now have been wandering in the wilderness for let's call it fifty weeks, roughly. And at this point, they've been next to Mount Sinai for the better part of a year. They've been there for really about eight eight months. And so here they are, eight nine months at Mount Sinai. They've built all the things of the tabernacle, and now the tabernacle has been erected. And this is the end of their first year of forty that they'll spend in the wilderness. Now, episode forty two, the condemning law. We summed up the entire book of Leviticus, Leviticus one through twenty seven, in just a few minutes. And and one of the things that I want you to remember, I hope that your takeaway from from the episode forty two that we discussed is that the law is burdensome. And I know that feels like a really kind of a bummer of a takeaway, that the law is burdensome, that the law is heavy, that the law is impossible, that the weight of the law is too much, that no one can do all the works of the law and be perfect. There's this idea in Matthew 5, 48 that says to people who are under the law, you have to be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. This idea of perfection should overwhelm us. When you read all of the instructions and all the rules in Leviticus, you should be a little bit overwhelmed. And what it should cause us to do is rejoice 
in the work of Christ that's been completed for us on the cross and that he has fulfilled the law for us and that we are now declared righteous because of the work of Christ and not on any basis of our own. So don't read Leviticus as a guideline for how you should live. Read Leviticus as as something that you have been spared because of the grace and the blood of Jesus Christ. And that should take care of the last seven episodes. And I hope that this summary has been helpful to you. And thank you so much for going along with us on this. We can't wait to show you what we have in store for tomorrow. Thank you so much for journeying with us today at Simpler Bible through another section of scripture where we come to know and understand God a little bit better. Look, if you're brand new to Simpler Bible, we have all sorts of resources available for you. Go to our website, simplerbible.com, and there you can find these videos, you can find our podcast, you can find links to our social media, and you can even find a blog post with additional scriptures if you want to go into a little bit more study than we had time to cover in this podcast and video today. We hope that this tool will be exactly that for you, a tool. Not something that replaces your daily walk with God, but something that enhances your daily walk with God and helps you to know and enjoy Him more. Thank you so much for being part of this, and we'll see you again tomorrow.